Are you ready to uncover hindrances blocking your dreams? Welcome to Reveal the Diamond Within podcast. I'm your host, author and national pageant winner, Joanna Harabedian. Through thought-provoking interviews, inspiring stories and teachings, we help you shine in the four pillars of strength for emotional, spiritual, physical, and financial breakthrough. It's time to step into your God-given greatness. It's your time to shine. I want to welcome you to Reveal the Diamond Within. I am so glad you are listening today. I know that one of the greatest areas that we as women face, that we get slammed by the enemy, is in the area of our reproductive organs. It's our womb. The devil hates us because we carry life in our womb. We carry creation in our womb. And when you think about it, Mary, mother of Jesus, she carried God in her womb. And today I have an incredible woman. Her name is Donna Grisham. And Donna has a phenomenal story that is going to touch you. Today's show is going to touch you. Are you ready to be set free? Because God wants you to be set free of shame, guilt, condemnation. Donna is the author of the book called Journeys of Choice. There is hope in the midst of an unplanned pregnancy. And not only that, but she's also the host of The Real Pro-Choice, which is aired on ISN and METV, which is Middle Eastern TV, where she interviews men and women that have been affected in some way by an unwanted pregnancy or an unplanned pregnancy. And Donna has been a guest on Sid Roth at Supernatural, Line of Fire with host Dr. Michael Brown. She's been on Hope Today, Cornerstone Network, Anchor Ridge, Josh Paul, Come Home with Jen Mallon on CTN, Tampa, and Club 36, WBPI TV 49 with Dorothy Spaulding. And so I want to welcome Donna to the program today. It is a tremendous honor to have her share with us. She has an amazing and compelling story that is going to rock you. And so Donna, I just welcome you to reveal the diamond within because you are a true example of how God took the tarnish off the diamond within you. And he brought out the shine of who you are. Joanna, thank you for having me today. It's such a pleasure being with you. Um, my story really, you know, starts uh, when, I mean, this part of my story starts when I was 16 years old. Uh, I had went to a bowling alley with a friend uh, and um, we were bowling and there were two guys next to us. And my friend started talking to this one guy and she, you know, came over to me and she said, they want us to go riding, riding. And, and I said, before I left to go to the bowling alley with her, my grandmother, who I was being raised by my grandparents, uh, my grandmother said, whatever you do, don't leave the bowling alley, stay there until her parents come to pick you up. And, you know, it was really unusual that my grandmother would even say anything like that because I mean, she's never she never did that before. Right. That's not something a grandma would typically say, hey, make sure you don't go with a stranger. Yeah. And so uh, it's it's funny. I believe God was, you know, some God will give us warnings. Right. And, and you know, sometimes we don't see those warnings. So anyway, so I the, my friend just kept, you know, uh, pursuing it, pursuing it. I kept telling her, no, I can't go. I'll be in trouble. And so finally, I just gave in, gave in to the peer pressure. I, we left. And as we were leaving the bowling alley, my thought was, you know, 
I can't believe my, I even had the thought, I can't believe I'm leaving with these two guys. I don't even know. You know right. You, you, you don't, you know, and they were older than us. And so we left and we, uh, on the way when we, we were riding down the road for just a little bit. And one of the, the guy that is, was, you know, that my friend liked, she wanted, he wanted to go pick up his truck. So we were taking him to go get his truck. And so we got there and I went to get out to go with them. And my friend goes, no, you just stay with him. He'll take you back to the bowling alley. And I was like, no, I don't want to stay. Wow. So she left you there with him. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't, you know, I think she just wanted to be alone with this guy. She's correct. You know, I guess. Right. I don't know. I'm not going to. But anyway, so I end up uh, getting back in the truck with the guy and I'm very nervous and he starts to drive and he's driving and he pulls off into an alleyway and he rapes me. Wow. Um, he, he went, he kissed me at first and I didn't do anything. I, you know, I, I didn't respond or anything. And then mm-hmm. he, you know, and, and then I, I just like was, I didn't know what to do. Cause I mean, he was, first of all, he's older than me. Second of all, he's bigger than me. I mean, I was little, very little when I was, you know, 16. And well, and you've never been in that situation. No. And no. so he, he, you know, kissed me again and then he raped me. And, and, and then after he finishes, we go and he's riding, we're riding and he's driving down the road. And I thought he was taking me back to the bowling alley. We were going towards the bowling alley. And I knew mm-hmm. that because I knew the area. And all of a sudden he pulls over on the side of the road and he said, get out. And I'm, I'm like, I sat there and I'm like, you know, I just, you know, I'm shaking, I'm crying because I I kept saying, no, stop. And he kept, you know, and then, so when he told me to, to get out, I didn't know what to do other than fall out of the truck. And I went and I fell out of the truck and I hit my, when I fell, I hit my knees and hit hit my elbows and skipped my arm because they were great. It was gravel. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just pulls off and leaves. I mean, just takes off. And there I am. I'm having to walk. And I sat there for a few minutes and I thought, God, what am I going to do? Now, you got to realize when I'm saying, God, what am I going to do? I'm not talking about a God that I know because I was raised in a church that didn't believe in healing, didn't believe in, uh, you know, uh, miracles or anything didn't believe in the holy spirit didn't believe in any of it you didn't have a personal relationship with god it was you knew his name it was Mm -hmm. yeah it was a formality you went to you know i i I did your penitence and jesus that they talked about was this jesus real that that they talked about i Mm -hmm. I didn't you know and so i got i finally got back to the bowling alley and i'm walking in by the time i get back to the bowling alley i'm walking in and the, my friend and the other guy was back there. Mm. And I was, as I was going in, she sees me, she spots me and I've been crying. I, my face is a mess. I well, mean, sure. I'm You've been traumatized. Me. I mean, you're raped and he kicks you out and you have to walk home and you're hurt. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. And, and let me just say this, this is all the thoughts that were going through my mind. My grandmother told me not to leave the bowling alley. So I, I got everything that happened to me was my fault. I should have not, you know, I started mm-hmm. carrying immediately. I started carrying guilt and shame. And so when she saw me, she came over and she said, what's your problem? And I said, 
you know, I ran to the bathroom. I didn't say that. I ran to the bathroom and she came after me. And uh, at, when she came in the bathroom, she said it again. She said, did you hear me? What's your problem? And I turned around. And I said, he raped me. And mm. when she she said, oh, just say it, what it was. It was consensual. Well, when she said those were, oh, go back. Okay. Before he let me out, before he said, get out, mm -hmm. he said, you're not going to breathe the word to anybody. He said, because we, if you do, nobody's going to believe you. He said, because your grandmother told you not to leave and you're going to be the one in trouble. Well, wow. all of a sudden oh. I start, you know, he he's playing all this mm -hmm. and this is playing in my mind as if, wait a minute, this, it's all, you know, it's all my fault. You're the victim it's, and it's all your fault. Yeah. I'm the one because, because I didn't obey my grandmother. I didn't right. listen to what she said. Had mm -hmm. I not left that bowling alley, it would not have happened. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, and I started wearing that, started saying, okay, it's all my fault. You know, and the devil starts, you know, whispering in your ear, you know, it, this wouldn't have happened if you would have obeyed your grandmother and blah, 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 you know. And so I, um, she, she, after she said that, she walks out and I'm just standing there going, you know, he's right. Nobody's who's going to believe me. Nobody mm -hmm. is going to believe me. She's not even, you know, there it is. Mm -hmm. My friend's not believing me. So that planted another seed. There was that other seed there. So and now you so have a layer of this tarnish on your soul of guilt, condemnation. It's your fault. Blaming. Nobody's going to believe you. And you're yeah. carrying all this. Yeah. So anyway, so I, uh, her parents come to pick us up. And as we're getting in the car and we're riding, we're driving, you know, they're taking us home. Uh, her mother makes a statement and says, you know, Donna, you seem a little quiet. You're, you know, you're not talking there. I'm a very, I was a very talkative person and I was not talking at all. And I, she said, you must not feel good. And I said, no, I just, you know, mm -hmm. she told me before we got in the car, she whispered in my ear, don't breathe the word. Because wow. I know that she probably would have gotten trouble herself. Right. And, you know, because and she's so the I one get, that instigated. Yeah. They, we get home. I go in. My grandmother, you know, tells me that, you know, well, y'all got, we got in before curfew, you know, and, and, and my grandmother was really happy about that. And she said, you know, she seems like a nice, you know, girl, you know, you can hang around. And I'm thinking. If you, you only know, knew. I didn't, I didn't acknowledge that. But inside, I wanted to throw up. Yeah, actually, I hate to say it, but that's exactly. Well, and that's I true. Wait to get in the shower. I was like, mm -hmm. I said, I'm going to take a shower. I got, I go and I get in the shower. And I, uh, Joanna, I was in that shower. It seemed like, you know, I, I don't know, it, hours, you know, it seemed like because I couldn't get the filth off of me. It was right. Like the smell just stayed with me. It was, it was, it was horrible. And as I, um, Finally got out of the shower. I went in the bed and buried my head in the pillow and I cried myself to sleep. And mm. that night I vowed that I, nobody could ever, I could never talk about this, that I was just going to have to deal with this on my own. Mm. And uh, I, I put it, you know, and, and just, you know, buried it and said, I, I'm not going to talk about it. And so I uh, went on and Went too much longer. I don't know how how long after that. It had to be a, a good while because I ended up. And when I say this, I, I have to tell this because people don't understand that 
they're women that have abortions in later the later trimester, mm-hmm. of, you know, in their second and third trimester. Most abortions are done in their second trimester. Right. Um, and I was 25 weeks pregnant. And wow. Stop and think. Now, did your mother, did your mother, I mean, your grandmother? Well, well, my mother somehow, and this is that I'll tell people when I, a lot, some of my story is like when I'm reading or when I'm telling this story, part of it is like a blank slate. Mm. It's like, it's like a black, you know, you're watching a movie and that movie breaks and it becomes black. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know how my mother found out I was pregnant. I don't even know. I don't remember talking to my grandparents or anything. Did did they know you were pregnant? Your grandparents? uh, I don't know. Wow. I I really don't because they, somebody, they, they had to know something because um, I think what I did is I went into a, I don't know what it's called, where you you're you're going through life and mm-hmm. it's really not happening to you. You're not you know. you're detached from reality. Right. You know, yeah. I want to park on something. I, I think we have an important diamond moment. You you talked about how you made a vow in the bed that you were never going to say anything and you were going to deal with this by yourself. And I just want to address the listener right now. If you if this is you and you have made a vow that you're not going to tell, I want to encourage you, today is the day to tell. Because a secret loses its power when it's told. That is when the devil loses his grip on your life, when it's told. And you have to come out of agreement with that vow. Sorry, go ahead, Donna, because that was a really key thing that you said about making a vow. When when it's released, when your words are released, that that, you're going to get help. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, um, so I don't know how, you know, my mom found out. I don't know, you know, cause I, I guess I was going through life trying to just, you know, ignore pretend everything. like nothing and happened. Right. I, it, it was a detachment. Like you said, it was a detachment from reality. Mm-hmm. You know, if I had to deal with it, you know, I could, I would probably go crazy. Mm-hmm. And so I, my mother came and my mother had lived in Brunswick, Georgia, where I'm at now. Uh, and I was in uh, Alabama, um, in Athens, Alabama. And I, as I was, um, my mother, I don't remember the drive to the doctor's office. Now, was it your, who was it that, uh, were you encouraged to go terminate the pregnancy? Or? Well, this comes after this. I go to okay. the I go to the doctor in in the area where I live and right. my mom takes me there. I don't remember the ride or anything I go to. Uh, I, I don't remember going, walking into the doctor's office. I don't remember anything about being inside that doctor's office. Mm. The only thing I remember is walking out. And when we were walking out, my mother was before me. And when I say this, I'd never say this to, to belittle my mom, but my mom made a statement and said, I ought to leave and never come back. You got to realize she's got a daughter, 16, she's pregnant, out of wedlock. And she's like, you know, she don't know how to deal with it. Uh, Wow. She was not a believer at the time. So she didn't know how to. No. So when she said that, that just put another layer of of just. That was another uh, uh, nail in your coffin. Yeah. Another nail in my coffin. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I end up going. She ends up making an appointment to go to Birmingham, Alabama 
to mm-hmm. a Planned Parenthood clinic. And she made the appointment and we drive there. I don't, you know, it, the dates and times are all like scattered together. Right. We didn't do it that exact day, but we did end up, you know, going. My sister went with us. We're on the way there. We get there and we go in and we're filling out paperwork and she's doing the paperwork because I'm underage. I'm 16 years old. Right. And so I have to have what they call a saline abortion. Joanna, I'm going to let every the the viewing audience know what a saline abortion is. Some of so let, let me just warn everyone. So it, this is graphic, just so you know. Uh, but this is a part of the secret, the dark secret that is not told. Because this is what women go through. If you've had an abortion of any kind, you know what what has happened to you and it's been covered in darkness and this is why we are we want to share this today not not to make you feel uh sick to your stomach but to help reveal the truth and so donna's going to be sensitive to that when she explains what this is yeah so a saline abortion is when they inject your womb with a, a saline solution and they that that saline solution goes inside the the amniotic fluid of mm-hmm. the baby it goes inside the womb it goes in and the baby drinks that mm-hmm. that poison so, and the baby is burned from the inside out right and uh i have to okay what they don't tell you they now i don't know if they do too many saline solution abortions now but they do chemical abortions where they you take a pill and it's the same it's the same correct effect, really. mm-hmm. so right. i just want to say that it's you know right so um I have to wait. I have to go to a hotel where we were staying at and you have to wait. They don't tell you this. They tell you it's nothing. Oh, you're just going to like, it's going to be like passing a blood clot. First Mm -hmm. of all, let me ask you, why would you have to go to a hospital to pass a blood clot? Right. You know, so I, you know, I wait, we wait out and then I start to go into labor at the time at 16, because I was raped. I had no idea what was going on. My whole I, I I was in a whole nother world. I was dealing with the trauma from the rape, trying to deal with. Well, all- you're completely dissociated. You had the trauma, of the rape, then you had all the self-condemnation and now you're pregnant. And now all of a sudden your mother is taking you to this abortion clinic. You've never had any kind of experience like this. Oh, it's no wonder. Of course you were completely fractured, dissociated. And so yeah. now you're, you're giving labor. Yeah. So then exactly. what happened? And I have to go to a hospital to to Birmingham, the Birmingham uh, Baptist Medical Center and mm-hmm. uh, Baptist Medical Center in Birmingham, Alabama. And I have to go and I have to give birth. And when I gave birth to a, a, a baby, not a not a blob of tissue or not, a you know, a blood clot, I gave birth to a baby and. The nurse was supposed to close the curtain and she forgot to close the curtain. When she did, I happened to look over and in the, in a jar, in a large jar was a baby. And oh my God. Was my baby. I instantly knew that was my baby. So therefore I commenced to screaming and I'm yelling and screaming and saying, give me my baby, give me my baby. And uh, I mean, not knowing what was happening you know, to the baby because it's a jar of, and what I know now, now see back then at 16, I was thinking it was water, just water. But what they do is they put it in a jar of solution of more saline solution to finish it off because people need to know that abortion survivors, there are abortion survivors out there. There are, yes, there are. That 
had survived saline solution abortions. Uh, Gianna Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, Melissa Odin, Odin, all them. There's several that I know personally, you know, uh, of them that, that they survived. And, and they are incredible, incredible people. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so I go, uh, you know, they, they, the doctor, every, I'm screaming and they've got nurses, interns, everybody's trying to quieten me down. They're just saying, hush, hush, shh. They're you know, shushing quiet, you. Quiet. Be quiet. Don't yeah. tell. And, and, you know, the, the doctor comes over and he, he says to the nurse, he says, shut that curtain now. Well, it was a little too late. I had yeah. You already seen it. Yeah. And so she closes the curtain. And last thing I remember is her in my face saying, shut up. You're going to be just fine. And they must've gave me something to knock me out because mm-hmm. I woke up and the next thing I know, I woke up in the back seat of my mom's car on the way back home. Well, wow. I spiral my whole life, start spiraling out of control. I can't deal with, I don't want to deal with life. I don't want to, I don't want to live. I I don't deserve to live. I just feel like that, you know, this is, if, if I could just get out of this, you know, and so I started trying to commit suicide in, mm. in every way possible. I tell people the only thing, if I would, if God would have allowed me to have a gun, I probably would be dead. Mm. That's the only, you know, because I tried mm-hmm. every other way to commit suicide. I ended up in uh, numerous times in a hospital. Wow. And, um, uh, and my, how many years, you know, how many years of the, of this terrible torment did you go through? Well, okay. With, okay. The abort, that abortion, and you got to realize and and some women go, the opposite. I went, I was, became very promiscuous because I was not worth anything. I was trash. Mm. God had told me that you're not mm. the trash. You're not going to amount to anything. He had told me, you know, when he was, uh, you know, when he was raping you, he's telling you yeah, you're trash, you're nothing. This yeah. is why this is well, happening. When he, when he let me off, when he was, you know, telling me to get out of the truck, right. you know, you're not, you know, and, and he said a lot of things that I don't, you know, go into. Right. And so, um, uh, I, I, I just started, I wasn't okay. I tell people I was not, I was living to die. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Yep. You know what, Donna, there are, you couldn't wait for it to end. Yeah. And there are so many people right now who are in this place that you were, they are living to die and they just are in this black hole. And I want to encourage you today that you have hope, no matter how black, no matter how dark. And if this is your story or similar to your story, guess what? God has a miracle for you. And it's no accident. You're listening to this podcast. So stay with us. Okay. We're here with you. We're going to pray for you at the end of the show. So just keep listening. Okay. You're, this is your day of freedom. All right, Donna, go ahead. So yes. So, so you spiraled you know, the other I started, way. I was promiscuous. I started just, you know, I didn't care about myself. I was trash. I was, you know, and I started living exactly what, you know, and I, and that was in 1976, mm. that, my mm-hmm. first abortion. And then I end up getting pregnant again. Wow. And I have what they call a, a suction abortion. And, uh, 
my mother was instrumental in that. Now, let me just say, I'm going to give y'all, a, a, you know, my mother is gone to be with Jesus. She's in heaven. And I know she's cheering me on because she was my biggest supporter uh, after, you know, the fact that we got, she got healing and I got healing and mm-hmm. we, you know, God just, you know, brought a, a, a beautiful forgiveness for, you know, for one another. And so, you know, she, and I think this is another important diamond moment, Donna, because, So many of us, you know, our parents are not perfect and they make horrible mistakes that impact our lives. And, you know, your mother at that time, that's, you know, she, she was used to be that instrument, but like you said, um, it's being able to come to this place of truth to acknowledge my mother, my father, they were this at this time. They did this. They are responsible for that behavior, that action of where they were at. But then there also comes that time where God gets us to that place where we we can forgive them. It doesn't yeah. change what happened because only Jesus redeems that. But the beautiful thing is that, you know, you did get healing out of that, which is which is a different story. Yeah. So here you are. Out of this, I, I, I'd like to say something to women, to mm-hmm. uh, parents, to mothers. Yes that are in that place, you know, they, they feel like that's the only answer they, you know, that's that it's being, you know, society throws it right in their face. That's the answer. And you, you, there's no other answer and they don't know because they want a quick fix because, you know, first they want to make it go away, right. To make it go away. And, you know, at the time, like I said, my mother was not a believer. So she didn't know Jesus. She didn't know, you know, uh, how to make the right decision. She wasn't, she had no gauge on making the right decision, which, you know, we know that an, an unborn baby in the womb is, is life, you know, and it, it is wrong life. to intentionally kill an unborn baby. You know, I, I want to touch on that too, um, because I do know uh, when David and I have ministered, David's my husband, for those of you that don't know, we have ministered in church where there are believers and they did have an abortion knowing that. And if that is you today, I want you to know that there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus, that you, you are forgiven and you can forgive yourself and Jesus will help you do that. And it's no accident. You're listening today. Go ahead, Donna. Yes. So I I get pregnant a second time and, and my, you know, we go end up going to under the pretense that we're going shopping. We go to Savannah, Georgia, and we pull up to this place and, uh, I'm just, you know, not even thinking, um, you know, my mom said everything will be okay. So we go start to go into this play and I, and I go to open the door to this, this place. I mean, they don't mm-hmm. back then, they don't put, you know, Planned Parenthood up. They don't put the sign up there. No, it's like, you know, and so they, they hid things now, nowadays it's just right out in the open. And mm-hmm. so I opened the door and when I saw the young girls and women in there, it was like, they, the look on their face, some of them were like distraught looking mm-hmm. and I instantly knew. And my first thought was, oh my God, not again. Right. And then I heard, I'm going to tell you, I, and if it wasn't audible, it might as well been audible. I heard a voice say, run. Well, first mm. of all, the enemy is not going to tell you to run from an abortion clinic because he wants no. you to go ahead and go with it. And then he's going to, you know, use that against you. Right. So, you know, he encourages you to go, you know, you, you get the world and, and society encourages you to go. They, they pressure you to go. Yeah. They pressure you to go through this 
but then they don't and then they turn their backs they're not there to to help you through the trauma help you through the the shame the guilt the condemnation you just it's it starts like a layering of shame you know mm-hmm. my i went from the rape there was shame you know right. I went from the uh, first abortion there was more shame and then it, it was in my whole whole being everything about me was covered in shame if you if, mm-hmm. if, if, if words were written all over me that's all you would see is is shame guilt and condemnation there was just you know and 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 so i we went in and they they took me back and i end up having what they call a suction abortion they mm-hmm. go to turn on the machine and when they turn the machine on i realize what's happening they the and it sounds like an industrial vacuum cleaner mm-hmm. and i start saying stop turn it off turn it off turn it off they didn't turn it off they just kept going wow so they didn't listen more to trauma. you there's, I, you know, I've had so much the trauma and, you know, trauma just, I, I don't know if, if people have had, and I know though there's audience, there's people in the audience that I know, you know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. that it doesn't have to be just a, a, a that abortion, you know, no. trauma takes and it distorts your whole life. You, you are right. your whole, you know, even your, your countenance is distorted you look mm-hmm. in the mirror and you don't see the person that god created you to be that 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 beautiful diamond that we're we're talking about today you know where it, it's it's all covered in all that those that junk and that dirt and, right. that mire and and all that you know things that you've gone through and and god just today i just feel like can i just say this i feel like god is just uncovering and removing mm. that dirt and removing all that you know when when a diamond a diamond doesn't start out as a diamond it starts out as a rock in in dirt and right and you've got to dig for that diamond you've got to dig away all that junk off of that diamond and that diamond has to be polished and mm-hmm. and and, and, the, and cut and that's a part of what god wants to do today he's revealing secret things that people go through the secrets that we hide behind and God wants to reveal those secrets and, and expose that dirt and remove that dirt and then polish that diamond to see the beauty that he has within you. So that's what God was doing with me. He was, Mm -hmm. I I go through the second abortion and uh, here we go again. I spiral out of control. I don't want to live. You know, I even on the table, I remember saying, God, if you could just let me bleed to death, please. I beg God, please let me bleed to death. If you'll just wow. let me And I went home and went off, you know, and I'm going to tell you a year later, that was in 1984. A year later, I get pregnant again. The people go, well, don't you know what makes you pregnant? Well, yeah, mm-hmm. I do. But I wasn't really concerned about any of that. Because you, you know? were living to die. Yes. And you had exactly. these labels on you that because you were trash, all these things happen. Now you're bad. You're nothing. So it doesn't matter. You may as well just do whatever because you're worthless. Yeah. That's, and let me just go lie. back to the first abortion. Mm-hmm. When, when I saw that baby in a jar, when I, that was my baby, that, beca- that was my child. Mm-hmm. And it, it, people say, well, for rape, it, you know, women should be able to have abortion if they're raped or if they're incest. Right. What change? Let me just ask you that what that baby in that womb 
didn't do anything to 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 warrant being murdered for for a a, a crime that somebody else committed. And and here's the other thing, Donna, too, that uh, that that society does the devil's work is that, you know, it they say the lie. Well, a woman has a right to choose. Now, a woman has a right to choose to do whatever she wants with her body. Her if she wants to cut off her arms, hey, she can go cut off her arms. If she wants to pull out her hair, she can pull out her hair. But the child is a separate entity. Exactly. That's a life. That's, and so, and not only when, when they say, oh, well, if you're, if you are raped or you know, have incest and you get pregnant, you should, you should terminate the pregnancy. But what they don't tell you is this story that you're telling the trauma of what happened to you when you, the consequences of what happened that they don't tell you and nobody's there to help you to pick right. up the pieces. It's all just terminated. Oh, it's nothing. That's not true. You have spent the, your life going through living to die because you didn't have the right help or the right counsel. Yeah. And, and, you know, whenever, um, whenever women say that, you know, it, it, that it's a right to choose, you, we, we also got to think that every one of us now, not just believers, I'm going to say this, not just mm-hmm. believers, everyone in the world is created in the image of God. That's exactly right. When we're created in his image, image and his likeness, mm-hmm. and, but, and we, we, we do get to choose whether we serve him or whether we don't right. we you accept know, him or whether we don't. A scripture yeah. that comes to but mind. That's, is, uh, the, 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 that's our choice. Choice. That's the right. baby inside the womb does not have that choice. No, it doesn't. You know? So it we doesn't have, have to be voice. that voice for that baby inside that womb. And so right. I go on and I get pregnant and we're going to get to the good part of my story. Yes. Okay. We're getting to the redemption now, everybody. So now we're coming to the story, the, the highlight of the story, which is hope and redemption and healing. So Donna, share with us what happened. So I get pregnant and I happen to go to my pastor and I see him first. I don't go to my mom. I don't tell my mom or anything. I go to him and, and he says, you know, we've got to tell your mom. And I said, I start panicking going, no, 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 I don't want to tell her. And she, and he said, Donna, I'll be there with you and we'll tell her. And he said, it'll be all right. You only have two choices. He said, you could keep your baby or put your baby up for adoption. That's the only two choices. There's no Mm. other abortions, not in the, in the, um, right. And so, uh, we met, meet with my mom and my mom is handles. It's totally different. And you got to realize my mom's a believer. She's walking. She had her transformation. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so she, you know, we end up, you know, leaving the the, uh, church that day. And then I, um, I go to a friend's house because I need some time to, to think of how I've got, I've got to just get away for a little bit. And I go just for the day, I go over to a friend's house and I go and she's getting ready to go out with her fiance to, to dinner. And she said, why don't you just stay here? And why don't you just, you know, pray and see what, you know, still, I don't know who God is. I don't know who this Jesus is. I don't have that relationship. I don't Mm -hmm. know what it is to have a personal relationship because you got to realize, okay, even in my whole, my entire life, I really had no relationships that, that were really strong relationships that meant anything. You know, my, my mom wouldn't, my dad were separated and there was a lot of trauma in that. 
And yeah. You so, were detached uh, from your relationships. And so you didn't have any understanding of that. Right. So you're I didn't have the- a gauge of, of right. what a relationship was supposed to be. And so, uh, so here you are, you're sitting down and you're praying. Right. And I'm not even knowing how to pray. And so I'm sitting there and I, I, I hear the Lord and I, I guess it was God, but I get this thought, turn on the TV. Well, I'm thinking that's just weird. And so I, I'm mad. I'm angry because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, my whole life was a mess. And I, I, the, look down in the remotes right next to me. I'm sitting in the floor. Indian so you turn style, on the TV. The remote's next to me. So I grabbed the remote angrily and I turned to snap the TV on and it was on TBN. Oh no, PTL. That back then it was PTL with mm-hmm. Jim Baker. Praise the him. Lord. And mm-hmm. so uh, um, I turn it on and Tammy Faye Baker comes on and she's singing a song. He, he'll take your mistakes and turn them into a miracle. And mm-hmm. I heard those words. He'll take my mistakes and turn them in. And I start crying and I'm mm-hmm. weeping so hard. And I'm saying, is this, can you really do this? Can you really, really, really take this whole mess of my life and you can turn it into a miracle? And so I, my friend gets back. And as my friend comes back, I tell her, I said, I've got to go home. I got to go talk. I've got to go talk to my mom. And I told, you know, I, I knew that I was supposed to, because some women at the church had told me about a, a girl's home at PTL that, mm-hmm. uh, that I needed to go to that to get help. And I thought they were just trying to get rid of me. I didn't, you know, didn't, you know, want me to shame the church. So I had that thought in my mind. And so I go back to my mom. And when I get back there, we're talking. And I said, mom, I said, if I'm going to stay here, I did it the opposite. I said, if I'm staying here and I, I need to get my, my priorities in order, I've got to get a job. I got to do this. I've got to do that. Got to get all my priorities in order. And mm-hmm. she said, hold on, Donna. She said, hold on. Something came in the mail today. And it was a package from the heritage home from one mother that was mm-hmm. in Fort Mill, South Carolina. And so I, Got that. She said, I want to show you this. I feel like this is something that you need to consider. She said, I don't want to tell you what to do. She went from making the decision to saying, I'm going to give it to you. She put it back into my, and, and so I read it and I thought, yep, that's where I need to go. And so we, she took me the next day, we drove to, they had an opening for me. I went there and I stayed there for the first five months of my pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And in during that time, as I'm at the uh, girls' home, I'm uh, being counseled by one of the counselors and wonderful woman of God, Becky Watts. And as I'm, I'm uh, being counseled, she's, you know, one day she's talking to me and she's asking me, you know, have you made your decision about whether you are, are going to adopt or whether you're going to uh you know, keep your baby. Keep your baby. Said, no. Now, let me just say this. I had deep in my heart that I knew what I wanted to do, but I never voiced it. I would not mm-hmm. voice it. I knew in my heart. I just, I, I wanted to keep it between me and, you know, between mm-hmm. me. Cause like I said, I didn't know. And so I, I go back to my room that day. And as I'm going back to my room, I go back in and I lay down flat on my face and I just start weeping and I will start wailing. And I'm saying, you know, I don't know what to do. What am I supposed to do? 
I need help. What, what, you know, and I'm talking to a God that I don't know. Okay. Right. So you're I'm, crying out to a God you don't know. Yeah. And, and then I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, God, I need your help, please. I don't know if you're, if you're real, if you're truly real, if you're real, then please show me what I need to do. What, mm-hmm. what is it that you want me to do? And, um, and what was the sudden, answer? I went into a vision and in the vision, I see Jesus and he's mm-hmm. walking towards me. And as he's coming towards me, the, 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 the compassion and the, and the, just the love flowing from his eyes. It was just like an immense, like, I mean, I can't describe it other than just a warm fire and love and, and just a warmth coming all over me. And I noticed I had in my arm, I was carrying a baby mm. in the vision and I mm-hmm. had this baby in my arm and I couldn't take my eyes off of him, but I knew I had this baby and I walked up to him and I handed him this baby and I turned around and walked away. And then the, uh, the vision, it's, it I came out of the vision mm-hmm. and I thought, okay, maybe that means I'm going to put it up for adoption. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put the baby up for adoption. And so that was in my head, put it up for adoption. I had a pass that weekend to go back to Georgia mm-hmm. to, uh, to visit my mom. And, and the next day that was on a Thursday, the next day, that Friday, I was going to, uh, you know, take a bus from Charlotte, North Carolina to Brunswick, Georgia. So and let's fast forward just a little bit. So uh, you had the vision and yeah. then did you, when did you accept Jesus? How, how long after that? Well, right then was when I really started. I accepted oh, that's when Jesus it started. Right then. Okay. I accepted that he was real. I knew right. instantly. It was like, I knew instantly I accepted him into my heart. I mean, mm-hmm. right there, right there. Yeah. Okay. And, and my, you know, the next day I ended up going to back to Brunswick and my mom, you know, uh, picks me up and then we go to, you know, bed that night. And then we get up the next morning and she wants to go to eat breakfast. And we go to, this is a part of the redemption start part of my story and hers that, that God started redeeming our whole, you know, story mm-hmm. together. Your relationship together. Yeah, the relationship. So what, what happened? And so we get up and we go and she says, I want to show you some furniture. I want to go up to the furniture store up the, the around the corner from the house. So we go up to this furniture store and my mom's standing and we're, we're, well, I'm walking around and my mom calls me back. She said, come here, Donna, I want to show you something. And she's standing by this crib. And as she's standing by the crib, she looks at me and she said, what she points to the crib. She said, what do you think? And at first I thought it was a trick question. I, mm-hmm. I just looked with a blank look on my face mm-hmm. and she realized that I didn't know how to answer. And she said, Donna, she said, God's told me to do whatever I have to do to help you take care of this baby. And wow. well, I started weeping. She starts weeping. We start hugging the people in, in the, in the uh, furniture store, you know, it was just like, you know, it's just like God just supernaturally right there, just brought, uh, you know, healing right this, in the, in a carpet. I mean, not a carpet store in a, uh, in the furniture store, furniture store. And so, so right there, God brought healing between you and your mom. And that was the start. And yeah. now let's fast forward. Um, cause I, I know we want to get to, to prayer and everything like that. Yeah. So 
what ha- happened after that? Because I know you had a vision where God brought redemption to you regarding the, the two abortions you had. Uh, well, that came later on in life, but I ended up having my son, you know, mm-hmm. and I kept him uh, and uh, gave, you know, life. You know, I chose right. Life. You chose uh, life. Matthew is his uh, name, Matthew Aaron. And uh, so that, you know, but um, I, I went through a, a, a course called Forgiven and Set Free, and it's a post-abortive, it's really a, a post-abortive Bible study. Mm-hmm. And it's for really for women that have had abortions, but not only women that have had abortions, it's for women that have had miscarriages. And it just, it, you know, you teaches you to, that you name your baby and mm-hmm. it gives identity to the, to the baby. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just, right. some, you know, and, and gone here today, gone tomorrow. It's not bad. And no. so, um, I went through that and, and that was in 1993. I didn't really get anything out of other than the names of my baby. Mm-hmm. The right. Lord gave me the name for my little, uh, the first one he showed me was a little girl and he gave Aww. me the name Christian Nicole. Aww. And then the second one was a little boy and he gave me the name Richard David. There's mm-hmm. a whole nother story to that. And I won't mm-hmm. go into that because right. God brought healing between the father of the second baby. And he's like married to an abortion survivor and God's just doing amazing wow. work with him. So anyway, so, um, uh, and I don't remember exactly when it was that I'm trying to think exactly when it was, when the Lord gave me the vision, I think well, it, was, it was, okay. It was in 2011. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, that's when I, I had went and got in 2010, you know, he started dealing with me about the father's second baby and God brought healing between that and 2011, the, mm-hmm. the beginning of 2011. And then I started sharing my story. I, first time I shared my story, it was a right to life rally here in my local town where I'm at in Brunswick, mm-hmm. Georgia. And then I shared it at church. And then after that, a week later, I was like, in, uh, in Jacksonville, Florida, just with a couple of women, there was about two or three women with, with us. And we were just worshiping in a, uh, a house, mm-hmm. you know, this lady's house apartment, really. And as we were worshiping, all of a sudden the Lord uh, translates me. And I tell you, it's different than the, than the vision I had. It was not a, a vision. It was, I was literally translated to heaven. And in the I'm, I'm sitting on this park bench and I'm so taken by this park bench trying to figure out where I'm at and, and how beautiful this park bench is. And all of a sudden there's, you know, the, the, the colors in heaven, you cannot describe the colors in heaven. I'm oh, I know. I know. You I'm can't. sure you do. You probably, yeah. I bet. Yeah. I've had, I've been in heaven, but that's a whole yeah, other story. And so uh, all of a sudden this little girl and this little boy, they come running up to me mm-hmm. and they climb up in my lap. And they start kissing me one on one cheek and one on the other cheek. And they start telling me, we, we forgive you, mommy. We forgive you, mommy. We forgive you. And they say, we love you, mommy. We love you, mommy. We love you. They said, we'll see you again. And then wow. when they said, we'll see you again. Instantly, I was back on the couch. And how did you feel after? Oh, my God. I was so undone. I couldn't speak. Literally, no. I could not say a word. I was so no. just... I mean, it was, it was the most beautiful thing that had ever happened to me in my life. I mean, nothing, nothing has ever touched me like that. And I mean, I tell people, I literally could feel their kisses on my cheeks. Literally. Wow. I mean, well, little yeah. lips on my Cause cheeks. they were real. They were in heaven. Real. Real. Yeah. 
And yep. I mean, my little girl, you know, she had like blonde, little curly hair and oh. my boy had dark hair and, and just had curly hair too, but his was, you know, and it was just the sweetest thing. And wow, yeah. that's incredible. You know, I want to park right here because this is a perfect segue to the next guest that we're going to bring on. And it's Dr. David Herbidi and my husband, and he has, um, a tremendous insight and teaching it's, and this is very short because we're, we're going to get to praying for you in just a minute. And Dr. David teaches about what the womb is. The womb is the mercy seat. So let me bring him on. Well, today I just want to share with you about the word womb. The Hebrew word for womb is rachamim, rachamim, and it means mercy. So a mother's womb is like the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant. So when a child gets conceived, it immediately begins to grow in the mercy of God, in the mercy or the womb, the rachamim. And there's a song that my wife has written about the child in the mother's womb in the rachamim, the mercy seat. And as you know, many women have made a decision to abort their child through pressure or poor decisions or not understanding that it's more than just a procedure. It's more than just a, a blob. It's, it's life in the womb. And as the child grows and the mother chooses to abort, she's literally withdrawing the mercy that God placed within her or staying the hand of mercy and then showing the child no mercy. And the song that my wife has written, it's called Your Silence is Deafening. And it's depicted in the scene of the child in the mother's womb, the mercy seat. And the child is giving the mother mercy and forgiving the mother from the mercy seat during the abortion. And Jesus on the cross said, Lord, forgive them. They know not what they do. And he stretched out his arms and he gave his life for humanity. And then he went and took his shed blood and spilled it in our behalves mm -hmm. on the mercy seat. Stephen, while he was being stoned to death, said, Lord, do not hold this sin to their charge. And in response to that, Jesus is seen standing at the right hand of the throne of God. And I can just picture Jesus saying, Dad, Dad, look how much of me is in Stephen. He's forgiving them while being stoned like I forgave him on the cross. Let me go down. Let's take him home for, for a reward and give him a martyr's crown. And let me go meet Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus next week. And let me knock him off his high horse of pride and blind him with the light in response to Stephen's prayer for mercy. And we'll have Saul write two thirds of the New Testament and change the world because of Stephen's offer of mercy. And so I want to pass the microphone over to my lovely wife, Joanna, for her to sing the rendition of Your Silence is Deafening, the child in the mother's womb, forgiving the mother 
during the abortion, mercy triumphs over judgment. Yes. Mm. Thank you, Dr. David. So I'm just going to release God's presence over you as you hear this song. And just know if tears aren't already coming, they're going to come. But these are tears that are healing tears for you because tears heal the soul. They release a special endorphin. And so I want to invite you to close your eyes right now. If you're not driving, close your eyes and let God minister to you. As I sing this song, your silence is deafening. Your silence is deafening as you turn a blind eye. Why aren't you listening to my cries? I'm crying so hard that I cannot see at the pain they're inflicting on me. Mommy, mommy, help me, please. Make them stop. Don't turn away. I want to live today. I want to live today. Your silence is deafening as you turn a blind eye. Why aren't you listening to my cries? My lips are moving in utter agony. Your denial so blind, you choose not to see. I have no rights and nobody cares that a caterpillar law is more important than me. I'm looking at my life, I will never live or share in the love you were to give. Heaven's gates are starting to open now as my silence screams begin to breathe. But if you turn to the cross of Calvary, you can be forgiven and set free. And then one day I'll get to see you. Just know for now that I forgive you. I forgive you, mommy and daddy. Mommy, mommy, help me please. Make them stop. Don't turn away. I want to live today. It's my birthday. Let me look you in the eyes before you make me say my last goodbye. Mommy, Daddy, turn to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Donna, let's pray right now. I want you to start in prayer and I'll close in prayer. Thank you, Father. Father, we just thank you, Lord. Lord, we do. We thank you for your mercy seat, Lord. We thank you for your mercy, Lord, that you do. Lord, when we cry out to you, Lord, you do show mercy to us. Father, I thank you for all those that are watching, Lord, that your mercy, Lord, is extended, God, and that they would, they would know and feel your mercy. And they would turn to you. And Lord, I just pray that for those that are, are contemplating, they're at that place. There's, there's, there's women out there 
that are contemplating. They don't know what to do. They feel like it's the only answer. They don't have places to go. They don't have any 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 way to to do it. And they think that the only answer is to go and have an abortion. That is the answer. There's their 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 thoughts are that's the only answer. That's the only way I can survive. But I'm here to tell you that that's not that the that God in His mercy will make a way. That he he will make a way where there seems to be no way. He is he will go before you and he will prepare the way. And I just I just encourage you to just cry out his name, cry out for mercy, and he's there to uphold you and to make a way and to 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 turn your the situation from from uh, trauma your trauma into hope. And, and to encourage you that 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 they, he will send people to walk this out with you. And I just encourage you right now to, to choose life. We just declare life over every womb. We just declare the choice of life where, the, where there's uh, decisions that are being made. We declare life. And we just thank you, Lord, for your mercy. And for those that have already chosen abortion, we just declare mercy over you. That's what the father says. He shows mercy, his compassion, the same way Jesus, his eyes of love and compassion looked at me and he showed me his mercy. That's what he's doing today for you. And I just cry out for mercy for you. And I just thank you, Jesus, that that, that women that, that you'll reach out to ministries out there that you'll reach out. You can reach out to my ministry, journeysofchoice.org. Reach out and we're here to help you and walk you through this. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And right now I break off the darkness. If you've just been living to die, I break off that spirit of death. I break off condemnation. I break off shame. I break off guilt. I break off unforgiveness towards yourself. Jesus has forgiven you. And when you have asked him to forgive you, you are forgiven. And guess what? The rap sheet in heaven doesn't exist anymore when you have invited Jesus to your heart and asked him to forgive you. But now it's time to forgive yourself. It's time to let that forgiveness flood your heart. All the health issues you've had, the trouble with your womb, your reproductive organs, all those things it's tied in. So today say, I forgive myself. I thank you, Jesus. You have forgiven me and I choose to forgive myself. I forgive myself. In Jesus' name, and know that you are loved, and I just release the love of God to just flow through your soul right now. I break off the nightmares, I break off the torment, I break off the depression, I break off the sadness, I break off hope deferred in the name of Jesus. I break off self mutilation, I break off addictions, I break off pornography, I break off every dark thing that came into your life because of what happened, whether you were raped or whether you had a miscarriage or whether you aborted a child or whatever the situation, like Donna said, there is a miracle in your mistake. And that miracle is today. And what God did for Donna, God will do for you. You have a miracle today. So I release and I loose the miracles of heaven over your life today. And I declare that you are loved, that you are cherished, that there is everything right about you, that no matter what you have done or didn't do or failed to do or compromised or was silent on, when you ask Jesus to forgive you, you are forgiven. Receive your forgiveness today. 
because you are loved. He loves you. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. He loves you. I just break off every word curse that's been spoken over your life. Yes. Just as the word curses from that, from the, my rapist and, and, and word curses that would come. And I would even speak word curses over myself. And I I just break off the word curses that you've spoken over yourself, that others have spoken about you. We break them off right now in Jesus name. And we just thank you, Lord, that you're in during this show, that you're revealing the diamond within, within these women, Lord, that you're you're just uh, chiseling away and and polishing and there's beautiful diamonds coming forth and and I just thank you Lord that as they come forth Lord that they'll they'll be witnesses that they'll they'll witness Lord what you how you transform their lives Lord yes Lord I declare Isaiah 62 verse 3 over you right now you are a royal beauty Yes. In the hand of Yahweh, yes. a royal diadem, which is a crown in the hand of your God. Yes. And so yes. that is what's happening right now is the diamond within you is getting that tarnish off. It's getting that grime off the shame and the guilt and all those things. And the brilliance of the fire of the diamond within you is coming forth. So I release the fire of the Holy Spirit. If you haven't received the Holy Spirit, just ask the Holy Spirit to fill you and baptize you in his presence and equip you with supernatural spiritual awakening and power and his love. And now we just declare over you, we seal you in the blood of Jesus that was shed for you. you and know that just as Donna had that vision where her baby said, I forgive you, mommy. I forgive you, mommy. I love you, mommy. That's what your baby's speaking to you in heaven. Yes. I forgive you, mommy. I love you, mommy. I'll see you in heaven when you have, when you accept Jesus, I'll see you there. I'm waiting for you. And so I want to seal you now in a song of blessing in Hebrew. And the peace of God is coming over you right now. And he's healing those torment. Mm. I see those tormenting spirits going from you right now, going from your house. I seal your house in the blood of Jesus. I close every doorway, portal, gateway opening. And I release peace in your home, peace in your sleep, peace in your soul, the peace and the joy of the Lord. And the blessing is blessed is the Lord, our God, King of the universe. Blessed is his holy name. He loves you. And he's healing your land. Baruch Hashem Adonai Eloheinu Leulam Baruch Hashem Adonai Eloheinu Leulam Ani Ani ohev oktach. I love you so, says the Lord, and I'm healing your land. I'm healing your soul. Amen. In Jesus' name. Now, if you know of anyone that needs to hear this message today and receive these prayers, please send them this link 
to the podcast, like and share the link. Because like Donna said, as you are becoming that diamond and the shine is coming out within you and the fire, you will set the other diamonds free. You will take them out of those coal mines and you will help the coal be taken off of them because you introduced them to the one who took it off of you. And if you need support, you need help, go to her website, journeysofchoice.org, journeysofchoice.org, because there's help for you. There is support. You are not alone. Thank you, Donna, for joining us. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Reveal the Diamond Within podcast. If you're blessed by today's message, rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Help us spread the gospel. Visit me at virtualchurchmedia.com. God bless you, and we'll see you in the next session.